BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, I was in Mississippi over the weekend and we were talking about poor and low wage and low wealth workers in Mississippi. And I was with Bishop Barber and he said something about how before the pandemic, people didn't use the term essential workers as much. During the pandemic, everybody started using the term essential workers, but they still didn't want to treat essential workers like they were really essential. Because if you're essential, you need them. But are all of our workers being treated in the best possible way, even up to this point? One of our great organizations that is doing all it can to help make sure that all of our workers are treated fairly and equitably and get living wages is, of course, SCIU, the Service Employees International Union. Joining us now is one such worker. She joins us from Portsmouth, Virginia. Athena Jones is here on Make It Plain. Athena, welcome to Make It Plain. How are you? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me here. This is exciting. And it's exciting to have you. Thank you, thank you. So you are a, a home care worker? I have worked in the world of home care, absolutely. Yes, and, yes, yes. And talk to our audience a little bit about what that's, what some of the challenges are and why that really is. We don't want to take the word essential for grant, granted. That really is essential work. So let's start at the beginning, right? The reality is that home care and home care work has been around since the beginning of time, right? In the United States, a lot of families had someone in the home taking care of a parent, taking care of a loved one. This was something that was normal. But the reality is, as important as it was, it was never deemed quality. It was never deemed as something that was equal. It was grandma has someone that takes care of her. She comes in and we treat her like family, that type of thing. And so what happens is, as the labor industry moves through, it wasn't until Obama got into office that home care workers transitioned from being basically glorified babysitters to fall under the same rules and regulations as labor work, like real workers. And so even in the United States in the 2016s, we weren't even considered equal within the, lo- equal within the laws of work. And so this And what does that mean? So you don't get fair wages. You don't get the opportunity to earn benefits. You don't get the opportunity to really create a life on something that allows someone else to live independently and be able to live with dignity. And when it comes down to seeing home care workers as essential workers, it's always been there. There's always been a, a need for people to be there. But it was whether or not the populace 
acknowledge the fact that home care workers, which were predominantly women of color, there was this obvious hushed tones of, yeah, we have somebody and she takes care of her and, and that's great, but it was never equal pay. And so now that we've moved from the shadows to the mainstream, because it's great that now we live in a time where we're talking about a president, Obama, excuse me, Biden, who says now home care workers need to have a, a voice at the table when we're talking about legislation, when we're talking about policy. This has never happened before. And so we're talking about from the inception of the United States to now 2020, blah, blah, blah. We now are often seen, now can be seen as, okay, so what's going on in the world of home care? It's not what's going on in the world of home care. Why don't you stop and take a moment? Because eventually, God forbid, or even, would you live long enough? Would you prefer to live in a, in a facility or would you prefer to live at home? And the reality is home care workers allow people to live at home with dignity. They continue to allow people to thrive. Grandma doesn't want to live in the nursing home with other people. She has her good pots and pans. And if she's able to use those pots and pans for Sunday dinner and just have somebody come by and clean for a little bit and make sure she's okay and she gets her meds and her sugar pills, this is what we're talking about. I often say that when it comes down to home care worker, we also work within the healthcare field. And if you take out that healthcare aspect, it automatically negates the opportunity for all these benefits that would normally be accepted within the world that we work in. People go from the hospital to home care, and home care workers often do many things that toggle the line of within the world of healthcare. And it's a surprise that we still don't get treated or considered at the same level of someone who is allowing someone to live their life with dignity. You just said a word there. As, as I'm listening to you, you talk about especially women of color being in, in these roles many times. This goes back to the history of America where Absolutely. this kind of work was done by our women ancestors primarily for free. And I guess maybe mm -hmm. there's just a culture here. So this was just, that's what y'all supposed to do, Athena. You're supposed to take care of people and not get paid for it. But we finished with that. You said though, coming out of the shadows, come out of the shadows enough, you think? Or we, do we still have a ways to go? Especially with regard, because I don't, I know people like us bridge between home care and health care. But it seems like we still got a little bit of ways to go to get people to really understand that there really is a direct line and that home care is a legitimate part of health care. So how long do you have, Reverend Mark? Because we're talking about <laughs> literally, I'm not joking, right? We are literally talking about dismantling systemic and institutional racism yeah, as yeah. it translates specifically to women of color and people within this field. And so what do we do that the, I, there is... When you go out into the community and people who are workers, who work with people with disabilities, it is not unusual to see a woman of color in that position. And it's almost expected to be, we are almost expected to be seen in those positions. And I like that you said that we are, we worked for free. And so if anything, that mentality of goodness gracious, y'all, she works for food and we give her a good, we, she has a room of her own on the side. That's not where we are anymore. But that seems like that's where the, the hushed tones of where home care workers should be and should be accepted. You know why I say that? Because if home care workers were believed to be equal within the eyesight of, say, any worker, at least in the state of Virginia, home care workers wouldn't still have to be fighting for health care. We wouldn't still have to fight for benefits. We wouldn't have, we don't get sick days. We don't get 401ks. And so we're talking about people who essentially if we put them back in the 
at this inception of time back to slavery, we get sick days and we get a paycheck. That's it. And, and we and, don't get anything else. And originally, I don't know if I have this right or not, didn't get Social Security at first either, right? <laughs> So again, there was a transition for home care workers. There was a time where there weren't even, we're talking about Black women specifically, right? Where even Black women had to fight to even be seen within the world of unions. And we had to teach ourselves. And that's a real statement. And I, I love the union that I'm a part of, but this is the history and we need to be honest about it. That the reality is that we had to fight for everything to be seen, to be considered. And if we didn't do it, who was going to do it for us? Because no one was fighting on our behalf. No, that's... That's very important. Obviously, the, the, the tide is churning. Talk to us about some of the gains that have been made just in the past few years and what's left for us to try to gain as we go into an election season. Now, you're in Virginia. I am. Uh, is you down there, you are, are you 512? Is that? I am. That's 512. VA 512, yes, and sir. Now, are you still on the home care chapter executive board is that okay yeah so, sure. so i'm the chapter chair i guess that translates to president of home care yep okay all right madam president of home care all oh. right <laughs> now are there elections in virginia in the next couple of weeks that are november 7th because which we're, we're talking as a matter of fact i think what we're, what we're talking about perhaps a changeover in the house if people vote yes. do i have that right yeah that we yes that is a conversation absolutely so now if that were to happen, if the House were to change over, and presumably SEIU, as SEIU does, is out in the street mobilizing voters, right? If, if that House changes over, then what difference will that make in the lives and the income of SEIU workers in Virginia? So it becomes an easier process to be able to put proposals through. So if we have the Senate and the House in Richmond, we'll able, we would be able to put proposals through home care workers getting benefits, home care workers getting 401k, creating a real foundation for collective bargaining. That is something that all workers deserve, including home care workers. It's not going to be an easy process because it's not completely blue on the hill. At the highest apex, it is very red. But at least we'd be able to hold the ground. Home care workers have been able to get sick days. We'd be able to hold the ground for that. We would be able to, the home care program, there was a time when Bob McDonald was in office when they got rid of uh, collective dues collection as a way to eliminate unions just in general in the state of Virginia. And it was unions and allies that was able to hold the line for something like this. And so the reality is we may not, we would be able to hold the line for the benefits and things that we fought for. And that is something that in a time frame that we're living in right now is pretty powerful. Not that we wouldn't expect more and demand more. Reality is home care workers aren't earning a living wage. And that's something that absolutely will continue to be proposed, that home care workers earn $15 plus an hour. We're talking about maybe even changing the status of home care workers from under. So the way it's set up is that the employer of record it is the person that, so it's like little tiny little businesses all throughout the state of Virginia. There isn't one apex location where home care, this is where who you're employed under. And so they've been able to skirt around being able to command connect collective bargaining on that basis because of the way it's structured. And so we need to be able to restructure how home care work or home care works just in general. But in the reality is, again, we're very red at the top but we would be able to hold the line for a lot of things that we fought for and we don't have to worry about them repeal, being repealed at. 
you, you just gave me something. You said, hold the line. Mm -hmm. I think I can apply that in some other races. I'll come back to that later, but that's very important what you said. Holding that line, folks. Now, you mentioned sick days. So mm -hmm. right now, are there no sick days or just no sick days or just not enough? So you can cure uh, sick days, 40 hours, I believe it's 40 hours of sick days a year, but it doesn't roll over. So once it's done and yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we don't, it's listen. Okay. Reverend Mark, let me just say this. It is not where it needs to be. And I acknowledge that. However, comma, we had nothing before. Yeah, no, I got, no, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> knocking you. you. Didn't work, you I'm, didn't get paid. No, I'm, I'm not knocking you. I'm just like, Lord have mercy. Okay. So we can hold the line on that and maybe even expand the conversation. And, Absolutely. And, and, and what about the dues? No dues paying in Virginia? Is that gone? No. So let me just clarify. So the governor we had several years ago, Bob McDonald, right. was trying to eliminate unions. And so what he did was he tried to underscore it with eliminating dues deduction. And so a lot of people aren't writing a check every month to pay their union dues. They're not doing that. They're saying, okay, go ahead, HR, take care of it. Take my little 20 bucks or 30 or whatever money out every month. And I'll be able to leave it there, forget about it. I'm a member, take my dues. He eliminated that. So what happened was unions were forced to go and knock doors again and say, hello, remember when you signed that before? We don't have that anymore. We have to re-sign you up. And so it, it, it's a way to dismantle, uh, passive aggressively dismantle the labor system and the labor movement in the state of Virginia. Have we fully recovered from that? Not necessarily. But the reality is that as we continue to grow and get the message out, home care workers are saying, yes, we want to be part of the union. No, that is important. And obviously, and we, we alluded to black women, but and, and this is 2023. So I'm sure now we're talking about in Virginia, we're talking about African-American women, Latina, and in, in, in those categories, it's primarily women. How many men are, are in home care work? I don't even know what that answer is. I don't see very many men within this okay. field. Oftentimes they're taking care of, of a spouse. And that's something that is not unusual. But I do know that the men are out there. And I know that I've come across a few of them, but not very many. And so, of course, when now we know how much more frequent and common it is for women to actually be the primary breadwinner in the household. And I don't know if you all have numbers on it, but I would just guesstimate or hypothesize that many of the women who are in 512, who are home care workers, black, Latino, whatever, are pro probably the primary breadwinners in a household with children. So you gotta, they have to be treated fairly. I think regardless of if you're a primary caregiver or a primary person in your home, under the labor movement, everyone deserves fair wages. Right. Everyone deserves a right to be able to live a life that is with dignity. Everyone has a right to vacation pay. The United States is one of the only you know, nations that still doesn't have a standard when it comes down to vacation time and benefits. And that's very unusual, right? We were supposed to be some sort of meritocracy, but the reality is that's definitely not the case. The United States was built upon the backs of people and to the benefit of the 1%. And so if we're talking about meritocracy, the single mom working uh, even at whatever position would be able to earn a fair wage. What I do know is home care workers are working more than one job. 
And for that reason, yeah, there is, it's not unusual for home care workers to be working two jobs. I know some home care workers who are working three jobs because the, the pay just isn't enough. And so how are you able to say on one hand, pull yourself up from the bootstraps and work hard and you'll do well. But then on the other hand, but we don't want to support a living wage. We don't want you to get benefits. We don't want you to get the essential things that allows you not only to survive, but to thrive. And it seems as if they, the system prefers, and we'll talk about women, to, for women to be in a state of surviving instead of thriving. And that's not what, that system has to change. And we need to be the ones to change it. Absolutely. So you said more than one job. Are you saying home care workers tend to work more than one home care job or home care plus other types of jobs? D, all the above, sir. Mm. Mm. D, all the above. And so within the world of consumer direct care, they call it, it's like it's called double dipping. So say you're a mom of two 18 and a 21 year old who has some special needs. You cannot get paid for both of them at the same time. You cannot. And so you would be able to get paid for one at one time and then that next out, whatever, and then allocate it out because you can't bill, I guess, Medicaid twice for the like a service or whatever. I'm not 100 percent sure how that works. And yeah, is, is, and that, is, that, is, that, is that fair? How do you feel about that? Should one if you're taking care of two? Yes. Should that be changed? Of course. Yeah. So the it doesn't change it, the level of responsibility changes. If you're someone who's taking care of two people then that's two responsibilities. Now, let's be honest. If we're talking about group homes, if we're talking about nursing home facilities, even if we're talking about hospitals, if there is more than one person in the home that's under the same insurance and they're in the hospital, does the hospital just say, we'll just pay for one doctor for the one hour? And then once that hour is over, then the next doctor will get paid for the next hour. No, they don't do that. That doesn't work that way. No. And so I don't understand. And yet again, let's talk about the fact that going back to institutional and systemic racism, where the ideology is that somehow, if you're getting paid for both per persons, you're getting overall in the system. And the reality is the work is still being done. The work and the quality of work, to be honest, family members and people that you know are ideal to work within this community because you become ambassadors. Right. You learn the nuances. You learn the conversations. You learn the idiosyncratic messages that other people, if they came in externally, they wouldn't know because you grew up with them. And so we're not talking about some sort of unfair advantage that they would be double paying. And that's the reality is the work is being done and the quality of work because of who they are is better than having a stranger come into your home. I just don't understand that. I don't. Yeah, it's not the workers getting over on the system. It's the work that's getting over on the workers and the system is getting over on the workers. That's what's going on, it would seem. Talk, talk to us about the wage, though. So can you have the number? What is the average hourly wage, let's say, in Virginia when it comes to home care? So in, I think it's 1271 in... Approximated less than $13 in lower Virginia and then northern Virginia. It's I think it's up to six a little over $16. Okay. 
Okay. And definitely I'm open to correcting my numbers. I know it's pretty specific, but we are definitely earning less than $18 an hour. And Northern Virginia, because it has proximity to Washington, D.C., and we already know the education allocation of funds always trickles from Northern Virginia and then the rest right, of us right. gets the rest of the standard. <laughs> the rest of the standards, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get the lot. And, and I guess 512 where you are, you all got big numbers, do you? of home care workers in the ranks? There's a lot of that there? We have over a thousand home care workers. Yeah, that's significant. But I think there's over 20 or 30,000 home care workers in the state of Virginia. Wow. Wow. Yep. Yeah, folks, yep. Folks, this is real. This is not anything we can take for granted. I want to go back. You mentioned hold the line. Yep. Of late, some people are saying on another issue, people watching what's going on in the Middle East, they don't like what Biden's doing, so they're not going to vote for Biden. And I'm saying, well, well, hold it, hold it. I'm going to use what you said. We got to hold the line. Trump, because is has the Biden administration having a Democrat in the White House? Is that helpful to the cause? Has, has Biden been helpful or supportive at all? So we don't have to. There's a mentality on the other side to pull yourself up from the bootstraps. So the catchers, your granddaddy and your granddaddy pulled the bootstraps up for you. So you didn't have to do it yourself. When it comes down to Biden, what is important is that it's not even about the bootstraps. It's about the fact that you get to create what the boots look like. You get to to create an opportunity that works for you. And so, again, I mentioned that he is one of the only presidents that said, let's have a home care worker sit at the table and have this conversation. There are times where home care workers are at the side and I'm not even joking, we were, we were ha- where we were happy for 15 cent, 25 cent raises. 35 cent raises. Our last raise in Virginia, we had got, we received 63 cents. And it's a movement towards a goal. It's not the ultimate goal, but it's a movement towards a goal. Has the Biden administration been helpful? Absolutely, they've been helpful. He has been resoundingly a champion for home care workers. He has mentioned it on many public platforms and has not been ashamed to say, yes, home care workers need to be. Uh, included in this conversation in a way that it hasn't been presented before. Absolutely, yes. Well, that no, that's very important. So again, folks, holding this line is what's critical because Trump ain't going to do nothing for home care workers. No. No. And unfortunately, those options, we got Biden, we got Trump. We don't have Biden and Trump and Athena. You're not, you're not going to run for president. Are you running for president? You're not running for president. I mean, we, we never know. Not today, sir. <laughs> you could run for president too, Reverend Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm disqualified. But uh, yeah, folks, this is important. And this is a road that most of us, if we have not already, are going to end up traveling because we know we have loved ones who've needed home care. Some of us have been the beneficiaries of home care. Our loved ones have been the beneficiaries. Let's not take this for granted at all. Let's let's not do that. So this is a very important conversation. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Now, before we go, though, Athena is in, at SEIU 512. She's the home care chapter executive board chair. She's the chair of home care. That kind of rhymes. But she's also a nerd. So look, when we came on here, she was showing me all the stuff in her background. So what do, what do we have going on here? You, what are you, okay. what are you collecting? Uh, listen, I don't know if you're prepared, your listeners are prepared for this. So first of all, I'm a huge Avatar Last Airbender fan. And what you don't see is there is a collection a cl- that I'm rather proud of of Avatar Alice Airbender action figures, Pac-Man stuff. There's actually a Star Wars. There's actually a, my finger, there you go. There's a Star Wars. Now, FYI, the humidifier. I got that at a consignment shop for about eight bucks. And I was like, this looks like a Darth Vader mask. And so I picked that up, put it right there. You have a Darth uh, Vader humidifier? It is a Darth, first of all, when I went in there, I'm like, who let this go? I get it for $8.99 at the consignment shop. I sure did. Wow. Huge fan. Avatar Last Airbender. I love lights. So that little ghost monster from Pac-Man lights up. Anything with Star Wars, Pops figures when they were really huge. And so what happens is people are like, Athena, what are you doing? I'm like, you can add to my collection. And folks start seeing stuff. (laughs) And so I put it in the back so that they could see it. Is that that orange? Is that Nemo? Yes. My mom is, we're going to Bass Pro Shop. I'm like, okay. She's like, pick out something. I'm like, okay, I'll pick this out. <laughs> and so that, <laughs> yes, it is, sir. And I am very proud of it. <laughs> and so you like Star Wars? I do, unapologetically. You, yes. Have you caught up on all the recent series? Did you watch uh, Ashoka and, and all Ashoka. of that? Yeah. I Okay, let me just, listen, y'all, don't take my nerd card because I've been in school. So you hold off on that. But I um, have not seen all of it yet. I'm actually in school right now studying. And I know that what happens is I get, this is all things Star Wars. And I get encompassed with it. And so okay. I, I will wait until I'm done. And all then right. I'll go ahead and look at it. Well, that's great. That's great. In school, what, what, are, you, what are you studying in school right now? Political, sil- political science and international policy. Wait a minute. I just said something about you running for president. <laughs> I just said that. Oh, I get it. You're going to baby steps. You're going to start in Virginia. You're going to run for office in baby Virginia first. Baby steps. That's right. That's right. I do have some perspectives. Trust and believe. Ah. So we I might, do. I do. We may hear something. Yeah. Uh, Invite me back, Reverend. Invite <laughs> me back. <laughs> you, you are always welcome here. All right. Service employees, international unions, and SEIU 512, specifically yes, the home care chair. Athena Jones has been our very special guest today on Make It Plain. Thank you, Athena. It has been my pleasure, sir. Mine as well. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been 
made plain.